Welcome to Rain It In. This is Matt. And I'm Rachel. Today, we're only going to talk a little bit about travel. Um, we did recently take a trip to Colorado, uh, which was a real whirlwind trip and also our yeah. first flight since COVID. So we're yeah. going to talk about that a little bit. Um, but we're also going to talk about the reason that we went to Colorado, which was we're building... A tiny house. A tiny house or a guest cottage or a small abode or... <laughs> yeah, it's technically not a tiny house, but we'll get into that. Yep, we will. So, uh, yeah, if you want to hear about tiny houses or... Um, complaints about uh, long drives, hang in there. Yeah. (laughs) So it's hard to believe this is, I mean, in some ways, only the sixth episode, but also the sixth episode of our third season. For anybody who's new to the podcast, the, this is, you know, we're two married nerds, kind of how we think of it having a conversation about travel mostly travel but over the covid it was also games and food because we clearly weren't traveling as much um and now we're going to talk to you a little bit about one of our other big projects that we did during yeah. quarantine essentially right yeah the tiny house yep. and so but since we haven't been able to travel for the last year uh you know we took a road trip earlier we have a couple podcasts about that if you want to mm-hmm. listen to that um you found us somewhere you can find us in your favorite podcast app um, if you want to see pictures of some of the things we'll talk about today, although we don't have a ton of pictures of it, um, but check out our Instagram mm-hmm. at uh, rainedin underscore podcast. And uh, we're also on Facebook at rainedin dash podcast. We also have some food stuff. We take yeah, we take pictures, we take of, pictures our of our food. Um, I mean, not all of our food, but, no. you know, some of the nice stuff. Yeah. And one of the ways we've continued to or even like inspires our travels is that we really like to eat and make mm-hmm. foods from different places. So um, now that, you know, here in the U.S., we've had the opportunity to have a reasonably good vaccination rate and things are opening up. And we took that opportunity to run out to Colorado for the first time. Right. And not we're also first not... First time ever. We used to live in Colorado. Yeah, first yeah. time since the pandemic. Right. Uh, and we're not... Um, yeah, we weren't too deep into Delta variant time uh, when At that time, we went to sure. Colorado, so yeah. we'll see would how you, it goes. Would you would you go today, right now? I still would go now. Um, we'll see if it gets worse in September um, yeah. and October, if if I would feel the same. Uh, but you know, right now we're in. Well, Colorado's got a pretty high vaccination rate, but the place where we went to Colorado, which is Southwest Colorado. Um, where my parents live is Trump country, so it is not particularly good on its um, on its vaccination rates. Right. So, um, but yeah, so we ran out there because we had you know some air quotes business to take care of, and we weren't going to the bathroom. We didn't go all the way to Colorado for for uh, <laughs> whatever that. What was the university? Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a good joke that neither of us can remember right now. God, um, I'm so sorry for our listeners for this last 30 seconds. <laughs> but um, but anyways, yeah, we, we've uh, over the last year decided, and actually over the last couple of years, have been talking with Rachel's folks who own some property south of Grand Junction, Colorado, out on the Western Slope. It's near the Grand Mesa, um, if you are familiar with Colorado. If not, you can Google Grand Mesa. Um, we'll definitely post some pictures of the Grand Mesa. Yeah, and, and you can kind of guess where it is. Not guess. You can kind of see where it is. It is uh, both Grand and a Mesa. Yeah, it is. Um, a Mesa, if you are not familiar with the term, um, Mesa means table. Um, 
in Spanish. So there is a mesa called Table Mesa, which yeah. cracks me up because it is table table. Um, but uh, it's not like a plateau quite. It's like a plateau that's you know, falls off on all four sides. Like a plateau would just fall off on one side, oh, right? Some sides. Um, oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. So like the Piedmont Plateau? Right, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's a... Uh, Grand Mesa is like a mountain. It just has a flat top. Uh, yeah, right. Like a bunch of the earth got smashed up into the air a long time right. ago. But not in a pointy way. Right. And <laughs> so um, they have an amazing house that they built. They built their dream home a few years back. And I will... Uh, I'm only going to name drop the places that we decided to go with, oh, yeah. um, not the places that we didn't, but they bought their home from Stillwater. Oh, yeah, right, uh, Stillwater. Which is a kit company. Um, out of California? Out of California. So, I mean, just if you're if you're curious or you're looking to build something, um, like I said, we're only going to name drop the places we went with. Uh, and uh, and the, the other one, just to give the spoiler, we went with Panabode mm-hmm. for our small house. Um and so their house is definitely higher end oh, than yeah. ours. Ours is quality, mm-hmm. but affordable. Right. Theirs is, well, it's not ridiculous, but it, it's no, it's an amazing it's just, house. It's just really, really well insulated and and built, and you know, um, very sort of carefully thought out. Yeah. And ours will be as well. Uh, it's just you know, it's a it's a part time home, right? So it doesn't need to have quite the same kind of quality of as finish. a as a full-time home right yeah. and how, how many square feet is their house theirs is i think just around a thousand okay. um and so part of the reason that we're doing this uh is when my folks built this home i mean they've had this property forever so they have 20 acres um right now there is how much vineyard an acre of vineyard on it um maybe two there was maybe up, one there was yeah. up to um like four acres of vineyard at one point and then they sort of backed off that um as they've gotten older uh so but there's still a little bit of vineyard um but there's a lot of property that's just undeveloped there mm-hmm. uh so they've got these 20 acres about not quite 10 years ago but coming up on 10 years uh they built their sort of dream house, but their dream house only has one bedroom. Right. So when you go out there to visit, um, as one does if you're living in Georgia and your parents live in Colorado, uh, there's nowhere for us to stay. So it's a tiny town. The hotels there aren't great. The Airbnbs are fine, but not necessarily that close. Yeah. Uh, the We've stayed in their kind of outbuilding, but the outbuilding didn't have a bathroom. It did have running water, just not like a toilet. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it works, right? I mean, plenty of people visit their their family and they have to stay places. But I think we're talking about a small town on the western slope of Colorado that, and they live on the outside of town. So, even to go to a hotel is like a ten minute drive, which right. is not, again not the end of the world. Plenty of people do it, but it, it'd be kind of nice to just be a little closer. Right, and I mean, you can't have like really an extended trip when you're spending. Mm-hmm. $120 a night for a hotel, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can, but, you know, uh, it's just not as not as nice. So, and if I'm going to spend $120 a night on a hotel, you I want to stay at a better hotel than that hotel? Well, yes, but I also <laughs> want to be, like, you know, somewhere fancy. Um, yeah. So, anyway. There's That's such a cheap hotel in the grand scheme of things, if you're in a city. But anyway, yeah. yeah. There, so, anyway. Um, 
there's plenty of reasons to do it and they have plenty of property um, space. Uh, I would like to go out there and spend more time as they get older since they are sort of in the middle of nowhere if they have surgery or get sick and need someone to come out and help. I would like to have a place to stay mm-hmm. um, if they eventually want to buy. Want to buy? I guess buy. I want to um, have like sort of in-home care um, or nursing care or or something like part-time help. Um, it would be nice if that person had a place to stay. Yeah. Uh, and we may Airbnb it. That's still TBD. That's still TBD. Yeah. But we're designing it around that. But mm-hmm. but that'll be more the second half, right? The right. first half was. We were going to talk about just the experience of flying for the first time after right. a year and a half. So I flew like the the f- last couple days in the first last couple days of February, the first couple days of March in 2020, right before everything locked down. I'd already had some work p- trip planned. I did that. I came back and was sort of like, "That's probably going to be a while before we do that again." And it yeah. was a lot longer than than we expected. Than we expected. Yeah, yeah, in my last flight, I think was coming home from the UK, which you can go way back and listen to our UK podcast if <sighs> you want. Um, Living in the UK was so awesome. Yeah, I mean, visiting. Well, I also lived in the UK just a long time ago, but um, it was a lovely experience. Yeah, the but um, but yeah, flying. I mean. Honestly, it kind of felt like it was right back to where it was in a lot of ways. There were a lot of people. It, it honestly wasn't quite as crowded no, as I it mean, used to be. We, because we made it through security. Oh Jesus! In no, I mean there was no line, so we made it through security in approximately two minutes at the Atlanta airport. That's yeah, short. So pre-COVID times. So we live in Atlanta in, in Midtown Atlanta, and we're within walking distance of Marta, which is our subway slash mass transit and we generally take the train to the airport because it's easier you don't have to park um sometimes it honestly it's you know it takes a little bit longer but it's more it's more uh, reliable reliable i mean than traffic yeah you never know like if someone gets in an accident in front of you like what's gonna happen so i had a coworker. i think i told you but this was like two three years ago um, she was taking a, a lift to the airport for a work trip and they hit like a bunch of lumber that was in the fast lane on the highway. They were fine. The car wasn't necessarily drivable afterwards because I think they like popped a tire or something worse, but they ended up in the median. <laughs> like, like, And she had a plane to take to catch to like meet a client and it was... A little tense. So. Yeah, I mean, so that's never going to happen when you're on the train. We have had a train breakdown on us twice in one trip. Twice in twice in one, tri- one trip. That was very unusual. But I have flown out of Atlanta so often and never had a problem. Yeah, uh, and I used to take well, once had a problem. I used to take the train to work five days a week for like the first five years we lived here. Um, actually, I take the back that, probably yeah. the first seven years we yeah. lived here, and then over the last couple of years, it's getting a little less and less. But it's it's pretty reliable. It's it's not like Japan. It's no, actually I mean the trains don't come that often, right? So yeah. you're you might show up and have just missed a train and you're gonna have to wait seven minutes or fifteen minutes, mm. depending on if it's during the week or on the weekend. And the train might be five or ten minutes late sometimes. But Yeah, I mean it's it's it, not it, like Europe and it's not like Japan, but it is totally workable Um, if you're going anywhere along like sort of the main corridor in Atlanta if you're going downtown if you're going to Midtown if you're going to Buckhead um, Mm -hmm. any of those places are super easy to access on the train and it's also there's uh, sorry we live in Atlanta we have a a pretty 
like there's parts of the city that aren't as much but there's definitely some some very racial and class race and class related divides in this town yeah. and so there's a large portion of Atlanta that is not comfortable taking the train if anybody's listening to this that might be in that category like it is safe like i yep. said i took it for years and years i saw a couple weird things happen but that was on a daily basis and nothing bad ever happened i never got right. mugged i never was part of an altercation so i mean no, it, and i've never it's had safe. a problem either it's uh, pretty consistent and the where i was going with the story too sorry i didn't mean to cut you no, off that's is from our house in midtown we can walk to the train station pre-covid normal days um and get to a gate in about an hour yeah usually it takes about an hour so this time we actually ended we took a lift to we the did. airport because yeah. um, we had bags we were taking some stuff out to colorado with us right um and <laughs> so we took a we took a lift it ended up taking like half an hour to get to the gate i think because in between our house i think it was like 45 minutes or something but we were we got off the es- we were on the escalator off the train yeah and i looked at my watch and i was like how how has it possibly been this fast? Yeah. yeah. So it took us very little time. But I will say on the way back, we got in kind of late. Maybe it was um, 30 minutes. It was ridiculously fast. Oh, yeah, it was. Um, so when we got back, though, uh, <laughs> we <laughs> got back late on a Sunday. And I... Which was, is when we would normally take yeah, a and car. Yeah, because usually if it's like after 11, I'm like, eh. Um, I'm not worried about the train. I'm just more worried about my neighborhood. Um, yeah. So... Uh, but I looked up Lyft and it was like $45 and it was like, there aren't very many cars on the road. One may not even come for you. And I was like, yep, we're taking the train. I'm exhausted. I'm not going to just stand out there and wait so I can hopefully pay $50 for a car. Uh, so took the train back. Totally fine. No problems. And actually there's a bunch of, since there's been so much construction in Midtown Atlanta, this is all stuff you don't probably really want to know, but whatever. Yeah. You're in for the ride. Um, <laughs> since there's so much construction in Midtown Atlanta, there's a lot more lights than there used to be. So it actually feels safer walking home later. Well, but a lot of that is because there's new buildings that have lights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so right. That's what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. God. I thought it would you meant because of construction lighting at night. But but yeah, right. Yes. Can you hear the dog next door, y'all? I can. But um, anyway. Poor Charlotte. Uh, the, so... Anyways, we got... Flying. Yeah, flying. We got <laughs> to our gate in an incredibly fast time. We decided we definitely wanted an airport beer while we were there because mm-hmm. it had been so long since we had an airport beer. And the lines for restaurants... Were crazy. Incredible. Yeah, we ate dinner before we left the house because we had a little bit of time. Yeah, our flight didn't leave until like almost eight. So, mm-hmm. uh, so luckily we had time to eat dinner at home because... If we had needed to eat dinner at the airport, it was, like, significant lines. I mean, it was... And I think part of it was because, like, not everything was open, and I don't know why. Mm-mm. But it was in in Atlanta when we were in Denver. And when we were in Salt Lake. In Salt Lake City, there were lines at everything. Huge lines. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just have fewer people working in the restaurants, so things are slower. Some of them aren't open again yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was bonkers. We did end up successfully buying a sandwich in Salt Lake, right. uh, just yeah. from like a a walk up, a walk up. And thank God, I mean, 
for everyone out there that sells sandwiches like condiments on the side. Oh yeah, please keep that. It's a lifesaver. Yeah, because. <laughs> I would not have been able to buy one with mayonnaise on it. Yeah, I eat. I will eat any condiments. Rachel is mostly condiment free. I am fundamentally anti mayonnaise, um, and mustard and would mustard, also ruin something yeah. for me. But so I guess the tip of the show here is if you're looking to fly, if you haven't flown recently, like pack a snack. Yeah, or give yourself to eat a lot of extra time yeah. if you need to. Because I mean, there were a solid thirty people in a lot of those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just for fast food. Um, so, I mean, we got our airport beer. We got a spot at the bar. Mm-hmm. We just kind of like, you know... Um, Waited for an opening and... Yeah, and got our way in there in. and it was no problem. Uh, and, you know, we had... Uh, well, obviously, Grand Junction Airport is very different, but mm-hmm. we had perfectly good luck getting a beer in Grand Junction. Um, so, but, you know, we are wearing a mask most of the time. The airports are requiring it, right? So, uh yeah take it off to take a drink and put it back on. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people in the restaurants would just take it off once they sat down, which I guess I can appreciate too, for sure. I think that's um, kind of normal a lot of places yeah. too. Like yeah. wear a mask until you get to your table. Uh, so, But we were at the bar, so we were a little closer to people. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, we made sure we were we brought and had a handy like cleaning wipes. Mm-hmm. Once we got on the plane and wiped things down, and honestly, we started doing that in 2019 anyway when we went to Japan. Yeah, and it was kind of a nice thing to do. You just got them with you, and you just wipe things down, and yeah, don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about like the weird soda spill that was on the the tray anyway, right? right so just yeah, clean it up. Um, when I flew to the UK, actually, the lady next to me was pulled out some wipes and was like. Do you mind if I wipe yours down? I'm sorry. I know it's weird. And I was like, no, it's not weird at all. Like, <laughs> have at it. You are not, you're not seeming like a weird traveler to me. Uh, yeah. By all means. But, um, but yeah, we flew Delta. They're doing all seats. All, all the planes we took were totally full. They were, yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, just, uh, I mean, maybe they're flying fewer flights still. And so mm-hmm. the planes are really full. I mean, it's. It's better to be on a full plane anyway for environmental reasons, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. But it was it was fun. It was nice to get moving again. And then we showed up in Colorado. It was a nightmare getting picked up. I mean, I felt so bad for my parents oh, because yeah. they there's construction at the airport. And so, you know, they were in like an hour-long line to just like pull into the area where you pick people up. So if you are flying into DIA anytime soon, be aware that... It's a nightmare. Um, and if you're coming in there during the day... It's always been a nightmare. Anyway. Maybe just hop on the light rail yeah. and get to a station that's like kind oh, of yeah. at the end of Pena Boulevard mm-hmm. and have someone pick you up there because I bet that light rail ride doesn't take you very long. Um, you don't have to stand in that like um, exhaust-filled like underground space mm-hmm. that's hot and stinky and so chaotic. Yeah. Uh, and the, I will say the light rail station is bright and full of light. And I've never been to it because um, it didn't exist last time. Right. And and delightful. So we came in very late. So it was like 11 when we got in. Um, so it wasn't quite as feasible for us. But mm-hmm. I think in the future, even if someone wants to pick me up, I'm going to say, please pick me up at oh, a light rail are. station. Yeah, we'll let you know when we're coming. Because it's just, it seems so much more like rational. I'll take a light rail to the closest that I can get to you and yeah. then you can pick me up there yeah yeah there's been a few times where we've 
flown somewhere where I thought about taking like one of the hotel shuttles to the hotel mm -hmm. and then calling a lift. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I think that's not, I haven't ever tried that, but I think it's also not a bad idea. Yeah. I certainly have left my luggage at hotels that I'm not staying at, um, yeah. but I've never taken a shuttle from a hotel that I wasn't staying at. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, that's, we're sort of off topic. Yeah, here. yeah. So we'll wrap up the first section here because we're dang already at almost 20 minutes. The We were in Colorado. We had a whirlwind tour when we got there. We flew into Denver. Our plan was to meet Rachel's folks. We were we went to IKEA. Um, to we buy wanted things to, for the for the yeah, small for house, the house, which we're going to talk about when we get back. And um, and then we were going to drive across the mountains, which we did. But mm -hmm. it takes a long freaking time to drive across the mountains. Yep. Um, Rachel also had a uh, I had a, a seminar at the Auschwitz Museum um, that's happening online. So I had like a bunch of Holocaust education smashed in there as well. Yeah, but the awesome part was I got to get together with my dad and stepmother mm -hmm. with your Who folks. happened to be in town, yeah. Who just happened to be in town. and We had a really successful trip to Ikea too, which yeah. was great. I was anticipating that it might be a nightmare, but um, but it wasn't. They that had, was fully based on planning. Cause they had all the stuff, yeah. right? And I had, I had spent time the day before just like figuring out what bins and aisles everything was in. So I was like, okay, I have everything I need. Um, and then whatever additional we want to get, we can, but like the things that are really important, mm -hmm. I have planned out. Yeah, so we got a bunch of things that either that didn't seem like were available for shipping from Ikea or that we just kind of wanted to get separate. Um, so we got a bunch of those things. Uh, and, and Rachel's folks also wanted to to walk through Ikea. They'd only been to an Ikea one other time. Yeah. We were there for like over three hours. I we think. were there for a long time. But everybody went in with a full belly. Mm -hmm. Super important for Ikea. We had lunch beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't have water with us. I bought water on the way out, though, before right. we loaded up the car. Um, also important to stay hydrated. Yeah. Uh, and nobody nobody had a freak out. So I thought I was, was going good. to early on. I think communication right. is key when you're at Ikea. We started walking. There were some questions we didn't get a lot of sleep because we got in late. We spent a little time with uh, Rachel's folks and we got up early. I got up really early. I got up at 5.45. Yeah. So you had gotten like four hours of sleep. I think I had like five and a half. And I said to Rachel, I was like, I am not going to be able to make any decisions today. So we should probably try not to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and most of the decisions were already made, right? Which is yeah. what I had done the day before. It was like... I had measured things. I knew what we needed. Um, right. Had everything planned out. And then we ended up making some decisions after all. Because I think once I said it, I felt a little bit better. I didn't feel on the spot. Right. Yeah. You know. I mean, well, we knew always that the trip was going to be a success. So then it was just sort of like, if we decide on anything else, mm -hmm. cool. But things are already like, we're not yeah, going to walk shape. out of here feeling like we failed because we couldn't make any decisions. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we loaded all in a truck and drove like it took us like seven hours it took us seven hours um we did stop for dinner uh -huh. as part of that seven hours but it took us seven hours to get across the mountains and i mean i know that if you have children you feel this way regularly but i was that was the tiredest i have been in so long i was exhausted um and <laughs> just felt like a crazy person and just felt like this day is going on forever. Oh, yeah. Because I felt I like did, it was like three days long. It was. I mean, because there was like three separate things that for me normally would be a day. Yeah. 
a four, it was actually supposed to be six hours, but I was only on there for like three to four hours, a four hour seminar. Usually that's a day. A four hour shopping trip. <laughs> usually that's a day. A seven hour drive. That's always a day. Yeah. But we did all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like two hours out, Rachel's folks were like, well, if you guys want to come to our place first, we can like, you know, have a glass of wine and have a snack or something like that. And then we're getting closer. Like we were an hour out and I was getting to that point where I was like, I need to get out of this car soon. And I was like, so I think maybe we're okay just going straight to the hotel. And they were both like, yeah, I yeah. think that'd be good. <laughs> I mean, I was so tired. I didn't even really take my clothes off before bed. I just was like, I can't even. I, I mean, know. and I just, I know if you have children, you are regularly this tired and, you know, yeah. more power to you. But good God. All right. So All that, right. that was a long time. Let's come back. We'll talk briefly about the tiny house. Yeah. Tiny house, exciting, not technically a tiny house, spoilers, but we'll get to that. Yep. So, uh, we, as we talked about a while ago, before we talked about planes for a little bit, uh, we have decided to build this tiny house for a variety of reasons that I think are all good reasons. Mm -hmm. I've always kind of imagined a guest house at my parents' house where I could spend some time writing uh, since I'm an academic and one of the things that I do that I don't have to do for my job technically because I am not in a publisher parish job, but uh, I like to write. So I've always sort of pictured this as a, oh my gosh, this would be great. Mm -hmm. can go out there, can not be around distractions. Mm -hmm. uh, probably still have my Kindle full of romance novels, which is enough distraction. Anyway. Not so, to mention that whatever game that is you've been playing, anyway. Oh, God, it's so bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I'll pull the phones, or pull the games off my phone before I go out there to write. Um, so, like, I've always kind of envisioned this as a as a space. I find, a lot of people I don't think find this, but, like, I find visiting my parents to be pretty relaxing, uh, and I find the space that they live in, mm -hmm. like, very calming. Mm -hmm. So being able to be there longer term seemed like great to me yeah so once we decided to do this we obviously had a lot of decisions to make uh, and we're still in the process of making a million decisions but a lot of the big I mean most of the biggest ones are at this point made yeah I mean the first part obviously was a deciding we were gonna do this right and we talked a little bit about that at the top side mm -hmm. and then the second one was deciding how we were gonna do this mm -hmm. and we started this what, halfway through the pandemic? Probably like last summer? Yeah. I think started thinking about it like more seriously kind of last fall maybe or like sort of late summer. Right. So when you're looking to build a small house, like tiny houses are obviously very popular right mm -hmm. now. Um, and I did have the joke, like, is a tiny house just a trailer with better marketing? Mm -hmm. In some ways it is, especially if you look at a lot of them that are on wheels and that are uh, sort of long and skinny. Mm -hmm. So we knew we weren't ever going to want to move this. So one that was on wheels didn't seem like a particularly attractive option to us. We also, the ones that are long and skinny, like really, you know, you watch those tiny house things on YouTube or on HGTV, and there's like such clever use of space, but everything looks a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I like watching some of those things. And oh, I, yeah, me too. I, I've, I haven't done it in a while, but I forget even the name of the website, but there was a, there was a 
site that was all about like things fitting inside other things. Like, I I really appreciate a well engineered something. Yeah. And but at the same time, all those couches look uncomfortable. Like well, a lot of times, the board there isn't really necessary. And when we started looking at it, we don't have on this property, as Rachel mentioned, like twenty acres. Our restriction is not space. Right. Our re- restriction, restriction is, is budget. Budget. And yeah. so, but to build a like 300 versus 500,000 square foot house. 500,000? I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, that's a giant house. <laughs> 300 square foot versus 500 square foot house is... The like, cost difference is nominal on that part. Right. To some extent, right? I mean, it's definitely, there's, there's a number value that's different, but it's... it's like the cost is not two hundred times more, right? And, and I mean, a lot of the a lot of the places that build those tiny houses on wheels, um, or the like, sort of very smartly mm-hmm. designed ones, they're great. But you know, they started at eighty thousand. Yeah, and I right. was like, that's too much money for me. So and, we just did. Oh, go for it. Uh, some of them had like multiple years before yeah. they could before you could even get a contract with them because. Tiny houses are very popular right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so some of the companies are just overwhelmed with demand. Yeah. And so early on, Rachel did the, well, throughout this whole process, Rachel's done the lion's share of the research. But early on, Rachel did a bunch of research on some different companies. I leaned on YouTube because that's where I spend too much of my free time. Mm-hmm. And looked at some different companies, some different things, and started looking. And, and yeah, some of some people make some small and tiny homes that are amazing, amazing. But yeah, a lot of their starting costs were really eighty, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, and that is not our budget. Yeah, definitely. And so we started looking at some that were a little more affordable, and that, and are, that are kits as opposed to yeah. drive up, right? Sort of. Yeah, because it just didn't plug yourself down and be done. Yeah, we rather would have a little bit of extra footprint to not have to have anybody climbing stairs. Right. So there were a few considerations that were important to us. Like, I mean, we've talked about the idea of, like, having this as my parents get older. If we do ever Airbnb it, we're here in Georgia. They're they're in Colorado. And I mm-hmm. didn't want them to have to worry about climbing stairs uh, for an to, Airbnb. Like, change bed bedding or something like that or do cleaning. And um, I also, you know... I have a brother who lives in Colorado who's not too far from there who has some mobility issues and it'd be kind of nice for him to have like just a place to like take a quick getaway if he wanted to and he gets along really well with Rachel's folks but he's not capable of climbing a bunch of stairs and um, or having to do yoga to get into some sort of space. So we started looking at places that had somewhat more traditional footprints. Right. Bedroom on the main floor, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, and some of them we considered, like, bedroom on the main floor and also loft, which is certainly, like, an option that some places mm-hmm. have. Uh, I didn't consider it that heavily, but just to say that that, that is a yeah. thing that's out there. Well, and part of it, too, um, your folks' place is, it's one story. Mm-hmm. And, th- you know, we're we're... Talking about Colorado, if you've never been to the Western Slope, it's a different place. It's on the side of the the Grand Mesa that we mentioned. And so there are mountains around, and the Mesa is like 1,100,000 feet or something like that. 
1100,000. 1100,000. What is going on? I've had a half a beer. 11 It's, it's like 11,000 feet. It's 11,000 feet. So it's it's hot, it's high. right? Like we're definitely up in the air, but it's not dramatic peaks and it's it's really like high plains desert. Yeah, it's it's definitely desert. Um So when you're there, it is just this vast sprawling openness and the sky is amazingly huge. And, and usually very clear, although yeah, more fires, and more fires yeah. during the summers impacts that, definitely. But I think, like, having a two-story building on your parents' property would interfere It'd with their weird, property. Yeah. yeah, And it just would be out of place, because everything else is kind of low to the ground. Yeah, that's true. So, considerations. Yeah. Didn't want... Didn't need to have things entirely tucked away. Um, Didn't want something with only a loft bed Mm -hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons. Had the space to spread out if we wanted. But we also didn't want a house that was as big as my parents' house, which is only a 1,000 square feet. So, I mean, we didn't want to be like, here, have a second house Mm -hmm. that's just as big as yours. So, So, I mean, there are a lot of like sort of... We had a lot of flexibility, but mm-hmm. like as we sort of just like dialed it in and mm-hmm. thought about all the different options, this is kind of where we ended up. And actually, you know, Matt talked about all the research that I did, but it sort of ended up being the builder that built my parents' place. Uh, that was also going to work with us to build this. Had worked with this company, Panabode, before. So he recommended them. I we initially at, discounted them. I looked at them and I sent just like an automated email and I think I didn't get a response. Once we sent an email, not from the like contact information, but to the actual person, they've been great. They've been super communicative. Yeah, so, super great. Well, and the other thing too is I think in that first section... Their site has too much information. It's confusing <laughs> because they try to tell you everything. Yeah. Kevin, if you're listening to this, that might be the one. <laughs> and it's baffling because it's just like, I don't need to know quite all of this Yeah, up front. Or maybe like there needs to be a different link for like construction specs. And I'd be like, cool, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. need to click on that because I'm not constructing it. I'm choosing it based on materials and design. Yeah, and I, if I remember correctly, it's generally they've got like three different types of builds they do. And one of them is more like a, a really nice shed. They're I only mean, like, like a, three season. Yeah, like a like a three season cabin, right? Yeah. So you could... Shed is the wrong word, right? Yeah, three yeah. season cabin. Um, and then there's ultimately what we went with, which is a full season we're insulating mm-hmm. it and in fact the one we have is one that is kind of a semi three season but because we're doing we're not doing the raw timber inside we're and i'm sure doing that, insulation that changes some stuff about like how they build it with load and all of that stuff yeah um but then they also have a really fancy high level one mm-hmm. which is this like phoenix cedar like timber, frame, timber framing kind of those look amazing but those also jump into that higher level. So when right. I was doing research also at there, I, I initially kind of discounted them because I was like, oh, this is out of our price range because these things are like, And they also build amazing. things in like so many different sizes, right? Like yeah. it goes from 300 square feet to 3,000 square feet. I mean, they can build you a oh, house well kit. Oh, it's 3,000, yeah. I mean, I just ones. liked that tidiness yeah. but um but yeah i mean you can you can get a house from them in a variety of different sizes mm-hmm. so 
Anyway, if, if you have a chance, go to their website. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's not Panadobe. No. Which is what I thought it was for like the first couple months. Um, but Abode. I have some problems with B's and D's. Abode. And so... Dear Aunt Bard. Um. Yeah, right. Uh, but so we initially were really close to closing a deal with another company mm-hmm. that had a really cute place. There was something about it that was like... There were, there were aspects of it that we really liked the style. Mm-hmm. But the layout was... It was, it was little, just going to be a little tight. It's a like kind of more mid-century modern, ultimately, than the one that we went with. Yeah. Uh, but then they went totally quiet on us. They yeah. had been talking to us. They just stopped talking to us. I don't know if our like our project wasn't big enough, but with the the Panabode, it was great too. We took one of their like standard floor plans, and we wanted it to be just a little bit bigger so we could squeeze in a washer and dryer and a little bit of a closet yep. and kind of grow the bathroom a little bit. They were awesome with working with us, getting us some preliminary drawings really quick, getting us some final drawings. Uh, even quicker. The whole process is, since we've decided to go with them, the whole process, and the kit is done now as yeah. we're speaking. It's not delivered yet, but the whole process has taken, what, three months? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I feel kind of bad. It's waiting on us. Like, we're the holdup as the homeowner as opposed to, like, waiting on someone else to, to do the project work. And it's because we need to pour a slab. We need to, like, make some final decisions on some things. Um, but we've got a tentative delivery date set. Yeah. So, um, and one of the reasons I will say that it's been so quick is that uh, we didn't need permits because they're outside of a municipal area. So if you are trying to do this in California where everything needs to be incredibly detailedly permitted, it takes a lot Mm -hmm. longer. But we didn't need to worry about that so they could get, so the turnaround time was very quick. Yeah, because honestly, originally they were hedging a little bit understandably with like when, I was just asking for like ballparks of when things could be done. They're like, well, you know, we've got like a number of things in the pipeline. We've got some, you know, you know, we'll give it, you know, good attention, but we can't really say exactly when. And I was like, just a reminder, we don't need to do anything with permits. And he was like, oh, that's right. We can get it. Like, we'll have these plans too in two weeks. Yeah. And it was like, he's like, we can put this in front of other things because we have these other projects that are going on that are waiting on permitting, waiting on approval. Right. And probably bigger, honestly. Um, So... I don't. I mean, those were kind of the considerations um, that we mm-hmm. had to think about. Um, ultimately, we found someone that's really easy to communicate with. They get mm-hmm. back to us right away. Um, you know, the pricing was fair, although certainly a little bit more than I think we had initially anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, I feel confident that it's a good choice because the builder had such a good experience mm-hmm. working with them as well. So I don't know. I mean, oh, like. What do we want to? What else do we want to say? We talked about considerations. Do you want to talk about anything about like planning out interior, which has been its own whole thing? Its own whole thing. I don't know. Maybe maybe we can get into that more as we as some of that comes together. I think the one thing I might want to say is, like, I do have a little bit of question around, like, we're building this house, and I'm really excited about it. I, I really enjoy spending time with your parents and at their at their house. Um, but kind of like a long time ago, we had talked about potentially investing in some sort of property overseas. And then it's like, oh, well, you always have to go there. Right. right. And when I was a kid, we had a little, you know, converted trailer that was in the Adirondack Mountains. Um, and it, like we had a ton of fun and I really enjoyed going, but it was like where we always went because you have to like go and do upkeep and you have to do these things. Um, I'm a little worried that we're going to be spending 
will have less time to go their places mm. as a result, or that we'll want to make sure that we're like, you know, maximizing the the investment that we right. put into this place. But I also know that, you know, you have a slightly more flexible schedule mm-hmm. with certain parts of the year, and I think it'd be awesome for you just to be able to go out there and I'll hang out with the cat and yeah. work from home for a month or something like that, right? Um, yeah, I mean, so... We'll see. I mean, I think we're going to get our use out of it. And certainly, you know, in terms of just like property values, it's definitely raising the property value more than it's costing. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing I would say here too, right, is that we've got a lot of like benefits that are helping us out with this decision Mm -hmm. is that A, we're building it with Rachel's parents. Right. So we're splitting the cost. And they already own the property. They're already like taking care of things on the property. They're there to help with all these decisions. They're coordinating with the builder. And they've built a house before. So like, you know, I don't have to worry about like, how do you talk to a builder about a slab or about plumbing? No, right. They're just taking care of that part. They're there on the ground and they've already done it once. So the learning curve is much smaller for them. Right. And I'm talking to a, like a coworker who already lives in Colorado, but his, his dream would be to get some property in the mountains and build a, a small house. And he's running into the problem of just like finding a place like property that he can afford. And, yeah. th- you know, I don't know if Cedar Edge would be the first place a lot of people would think, because um, it is, you know, an hour and a half from an airport. And... It's a high desert. It's not like a it's ski not town. It's an hour and a half. I mean, it it's took an us... hour and fifteen minutes, but yeah. still. Um, but it's beautiful out there, and it's so it nice. Is. Um, yeah. You know, it's not like Matt said. It's not like dramatic peaks, but you can get to those dramatic peaks pretty soon, oh, yeah. uh, pretty easily, and you can get a lot of places. Like Black Canyon is there, which is delightful, mm-hmm. and. Um, like obviously the mesa that we've talked about, San Juan Mountains, yeah. Crested Butte, which is probably what people have mostly heard of, or Telluride, yeah. which has a what, film two, two and a half hours away. Crested Butte. Uh, Crested Butte is three. Three. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff nearby, and I think it's yeah. a little bit cheaper. And finally, there's decent internet access, which right. there wasn't yeah, until yeah. very recently. Now, if only I didn't have seven o'clock in the morning meetings East Coast time. It'd be a little bit easier for me to just spend some time out there, but we'll see how that looks over time. We also have this this yeah, guy. There's a little cat who's missing a, currently. We have a small guy um, who gets very sad if we... Well, we leave him with people, but yeah. But he does get sad if, if he's on his own too long. So, huge thank you to our friend Jake, who stayed at our house while we were gone. Yep. Um, Laszlo definitely appreciates Jake's company. Yeah. We were only gone for, what, three days or something like that, but... Like, even when we're gone for three days and we have other people stay here sometimes, he seemed like he was in a better mood after Jake. Yeah. So I think Jake does an awesome job. I mean, he's, like, other cats that I've had, I could leave them for a week and it would be no problem. Laszlo, he just gets so sad when he doesn't have humans around so well and then he's fiv positive so, so he gets when sick. he gets stressed and sad he gets sick so anyway um, but so we yeah. got a tiny house coming together we'll we're see gonna wrap up so yeah we will talk about this again in the future um as we kind of consider a little bit more of interior design mm-hmm. uh and the choices that we're making there Spoiler. yeah we'll post some pictures of the view from the front of the house where we've decided the slab will be poured and Mm -hmm. Um, we'll post that to Instagram it's actually already there if you look at our older posts yeah 
Um, so, uh, thanks for listening to us talk about planes and tiny houses and um, trains and automobiles. We talked yeah, about all of it. I know. I was going to say, when you said we talked about flights for a long time, we talked about trains for a long time. Yeah. We talked about so. planes, trains, and automobiles and and little houses. Yep. All right. So, uh, to wrap up, you'll catch this in the very end if you've made it this far. Thanks. Um, and, uh, you know, go ahead and subscribe if you're interested, mm-hmm. if you want to hear any more of this, to hear more of our stories. Hopefully, as time goes on, we'll have even more stories about travel. I think our next episode will probably be Huntsville, Alabama, which yep. is um, like space the tourism. Riviera. But, uh, yeah, we're going to do some space tourism and uh, meet up some friends and do yep. some fun stuff. Yep. All right. Great. Until next time. Adios. You can check us out at anchor.fm slash reinitin. That's spelled R-E-I-N-I-T-I-N. All one word, no spaces. And you can leave us a message there. You can also follow us at Instagram at reinitin underscore podcast or email us at reinitin at ssdpress.org. Also spelled R-E-I-N-I-T-I-N at s-s-d-p-r-e-s-s dot org. Thanks again to all of our friends and family for all the support and for putting up with us. Have a great day.